Welcome to the Heartland Community Church Podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at heartlandcommunity.org. Well, good morning. What a crazy week, huh? I am just so thankful to Tony and the team and the choir for leading us. I don't know about you, but it's been a little insane. And uh, being here this morning, just being able to worship, thank you for helping me worship choir today and uh, putting me back in the right place. It's been a a crazy week. We've tried to lead the best we can through this time. Uh, We appreciate your prayers for wisdom. We need them as we are praying for you as well uh, during this time of the coronavirus. We've also had, you know, to postpone our baptism service. Our Vision 2020 was all scheduled for this morning. Uh, It was hard to make that decision. But we want to watch out for our neighbors, for our friends, for our loved ones, and uh, make sure we're doing the right thing. The governor actually sent an email uh, asking churches to consider that, and so we wanted to do our best and comply with that as well. I am grateful that we have a medium of communication that we can still be together. We're not really together geographically, but we're still together, and uh, that's such good news. Today I'd like to look at a passage with you that's very near and dear to my heart, especially during times like these. Uh, they, th- these times are, are difficult. I think it's important to remind ourselves of what really matters, no matter what the news media is telling us, No matter what you feel about everything that's going on around us, Tony just mentioned it. Here's our big idea for today. God is still on his throne. He is still on his throne. None of this surprised him, right? None of this surprised him. He's not caught off guard by any of of it. In fact, he's in complete control of our universe. He still is on his throne. So before we open the word, would you pray with me? And uh, let's, in fact, our president said this is a national day of prayer. So let's just take a minute. Let's pray together, and then we'll go into God's word together and see what he has for us today. Father, thank you for the way that you love us, for the way that you are sovereign and in charge, no matter what our circumstances might seem like. God, thank you for giving us this opportunity to come together today. And Lord, in all different spots from around our community and maybe even around the world to worship you, the risen King, the Lord of Lords. God, we're so grateful for this. We're grateful to be able to look into your word. And God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be our guide, our leader, that you would teach us, make us new people. Give us something that you want for us today. So we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I guess the U version is working. So if you have U version, you can join us on your phones or you can use a good old fashioned Bible and go to Psalm chapter 91 today. Psalm chapter 91. Psalms is kind of right in the middle of your Bible in the Old Testament. And I think most of you know this already as you're finding that, but for uh, the past 15 years or so, I've been making my annual pilgrimage to Gethsemane Abbey in Trappist, Kentucky for a silent retreat. And this is where I spend time just alone, listening for God's voice in silence. And I I pray for our church. I pray for so many of you. And I know many of you pray for me. And every night before bed, there's this worship service uh, at the Abbey, which I just love to attend. It's called Compline. And the word Compline just means complete. It's the, the last service of the day. It's the time when the monks all gather to sing together, to read scripture, to pray before they go off to bed. And one of the scriptures they always read during Compline is Psalm 91. 
so this psalm means so much to me, I've tried to incorporate it in my own readings before bed at home every chance I get. So let me read this for us. You can follow along at home. Psalm 91, verses 1 through 16 says this. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. How does a passage like that make you feel when you hear it being read like that? Have you ever thought about that? For me, it helps me relax, and it reminds me that I don't have to be in charge of this world because God is. He's in charge. He's still on his throne even when it seems like things are spiraling out of control, even when it seems like people are losing their minds and raiding toilet paper bins and catastrophizing and, and thinking about like worst case scenarios. Those are not the kind of things I want to fill my mind with right before bed. <laughs> That's not what I want to go to bed thinking about. I want to choose to fill my mind with God's word, to remind myself that he's my refuge, he's my fortress, I can trust him. And I've got to tell you, he's always been faithful to me. He's always been faithful to my family, and he always will be, no matter what the circumstances are around me. But notice for just a second, if you have your Bibles open still, what the psalmist says in verses five and six. Uh, he says this, you will not fear the terror of the night. Did you catch this the first time I was reading it? Nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. It sounds like the people back in the Psalms were experiencing some of the same things we're facing today, right? And yet this is written thousands of years ago. So what does that tell us? Well, it tells us that none of this is new, this has been happening. What we're facing today with the coronavirus didn't surprise God. It didn't catch him off guard. Because sin and suffering have been part of the human experience ever since Adam and Eve chose to rebel and go their own way and do their own thing. Ever since they made that fatal choice in the garden, not to follow God's plan for them, but to follow their own plan. You know, if you think about it, Sin is kind of like a virus, isn't it? It spreads. It contaminates. It will continue to be a part of our world until Jesus returns one day 
to set up his eternal kingdom once and for all when he will be the 100% king on the throne. But until that day, as followers of Christ, we need to learn to place our trust in him. We need to lean into our faith during times like this, to live the way God created us, to live in a trusting relationship, not in a fearful one. To trust him in faith because he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to teach us how to live, to give our anxieties, our worries, our cares over to him. You see, Psalm 91 is not saying that nothing bad will ever happen to us because we're Christians. On the contrary, it recognizes that terror and pestilence and plagues still exist in this world. Why? Because sin still exists. Psalm 91 is a reminder to us that God is still on his throne, that he's ultimately in charge, that there's nothing to fear. And even if, you guys, even if the worst should happen, God is still right here with us. Evil might touch our bodies, but nothing can touch our soul because we believe in the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the central core of our life is protected because Jesus is our King. Now I want you to notice something really important here from Psalm 91, kind of the big picture. Let's look at it from the 30,000 foot view. Verses one and two, the psalmist is expressing his own personal trust in God. Did you notice what he said? He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And then in verses three through eight, the psalmist addresses his audience. And he's telling them how important it is to trust God like he does. And I especially love verse 4, where God's pictured as this bird, this mother bird almost, who wraps his wings around us and protects us from harm. You know me, I love my birds. I was just out in the yard yesterday filling bird feeders, protecting my birds. So this picture is such a beautiful picture to me of God protecting us wrapping himself around us. And then look at verses 9 through 13. The psalmist, again, reiterates how important it is to trust God. It's like he's, he, he's repeating himself for emphasis here, and he even includes this idea. Did you catch this? That he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. You ever hear about a guardian angel? This is where that idea comes from in Scripture. It's an awesome thing to think about, that God cares for us so much that he's commanded his angels to watch over us, to protect us. Think about that for a second. Think about that when you get worried and you get fearful. But here's what I really want you to notice. Up until this point, it's been the psalmist who's been speaking, and then we get to verses 14 through 16, and it's actually God who speaks. And what he has to say is really important. Our English version of the Bible says, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. Now that phrase, because he loves me, at the beginning of verse 14 is a very interesting Hebrew word. If you ever want to do some word studies, this Hebrew word is incredible. And the NIV version of the Bible chose to translate it as loves, but it's probably better translated as clings to, or binding, or to knit oneself in other words, what God is saying here is that he desires that each one of us should cling to him, to know his name, to call on him during difficult times. You see, that word cling 
jumps out to me because clinging takes some effort, doesn't it? I remember one time when I was whitewater rafting back when I was a youth pastor, way back in the day, took some kids down the New River. And the New River is kind of crazy. And I was telling the kids, you know, be careful and all this. You don't want to get thrown out. Well, guess who gets thrown out? We hit this monster rapid, and it threw me right out. And somehow, I managed to grab on to the side. There's this, like, rope that goes around the raft. And I managed to grab on to that rope as we're floating down the river, and everybody's laughing at me. But guess what I did with that rope? I clinged to that rope. I did not want to let that rope go because I didn't want to get thrown under the water. I didn't want to get thrown down the river. So I was clinging to that rope. And that's the same idea God's expressing here in verse 14. He wants us to cling to him with everything we've got during good times, during hard times, during uncertain times. He wants us to trust in him that he's in control even when it doesn't feel that way. Even when it feels like things are out of control, he wants to walk alongside of us through the trouble. He promised as much, because if you look at verse 15 a little closer, he says, I will be with him, what? In trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. In other words, God knows there will be trouble in this world. There'll be viruses in this world. There'll be crazy things that happen, but God promises to walk with us. That's the good news of the gospel. How does that make you feel when you hear that God will never abandon you or forget about you? He says, cling to me. I will rescue you. I will protect you. He says, call on me. I will walk with you through the storms of life. You know, you think about it, what other choices do we have? I mean, we can choose to trust in ourselves. We can choose to trust in our own strength. But I'll be honest, I've tried that. It doesn't work so well. Like, I've tried to trust in Dave. I've tried to control things. I'd much rather trust in God. I'd much rather put my faith in him. I've been through some things in this life, and I'm going to tell you, I, I choose to cling to him. Not just in good times. That's, that's when it's easy. But in difficult times, in uncertain times. How about you? Seriously, where are you at with God today? What has this virus revealed in you? Have you allowed fear to take control of your life? Does it have its grip on your heart today? What would it look like to give those fears, those anxieties, those worries and concerns over to a God who loves you? Over to a God who wraps his wings of protection around you? What would that look like? Imagine what it could look like, how it could affect other people who aren't Christ followers. If they see, instead of you freaking out online and posting crazy stuff, if, if instead they see that during uncertain times you're following Christ, you're trusting in him. Imagine the testimony that that could be. Imagine the opportunities that we could have to share the love of Christ with others if they see that in our life. Drew Steinhardt is our campus pastor at Heartland Williams, and I'd like to invite him up as we close our time just to share a little bit of what this looks like to trust God, to cling to him during these times. Good to see you, man. Yeah, you too. I was right there. Well, good morning. I had a a little chance earlier as the worship team was leading just to see how many people were tuning in uh, to the stream, and it's just exciting to see 
everyone's saying hi and saying wish we could be there, and it is great to be able to be together even uh, kind of from afar, from a couple miles across town. But I really... It, re it reminds us, doesn't it, that we take for granted that we get together every absolutely. week. Absolutely. And so it's yeah. such a privilege to do that. Maybe. Yeah, huge yeah. blessing. Yeah. I really appreciate what Dave uh, was sharing with us this morning and, and just Psalm 91's reminder as I was reading over some of what Dave had prepared yesterday, uh, I was just reminded of how quickly life can change. Dave and I prepared different messages for this Sunday morning uh, with an emphasis on baptism because we were going to celebrate baptism and First Gifts Sunday. But in light of everything that took place this week, uh, it felt necessary to address uh, what is going on in our world and what do we make of this and, sure. and how do we navigate it. I was thinking back to when I was first learning about Jesus Christ and Christianity growing up in church at a young age. And at that time in my life, I found myself often thinking of my faith as something that was important for a time in the future. Uh, not as relevant right now, but that this was good news someday, good news of eternal life uh, with God through a relationship with Jesus Christ that would especially matter when I died. And it is good news uh, for that day that will one day come. But what Dave is describing this morning uh, is one of the core truths that when I started to realize it and understand what it meant, completely changed how I lived my life. When we recognize what it means that God is on his throne, it changes everything. He is the ultimate power and king of the world, not just someday in the future, That's right. but right now. Yeah. And he demonstrated that he had this power when he was raised from the dead after being crucified and buried. Even death could not hold down our king. Amen. Now, even though I know intellectually that God is on his throne. It's not always easy for me to walk through life with a confidence and an awareness that that king sitting on the throne loves me and cares for me and desires a relationship with me. And when I feel like my life is spinning out of control, I often find myself trying to regain control through my own strength, my own plans, my own ideas, the, the tools I have at my fingertips, rather than remembering that that king on the throne loves me and really desires to navigate all of that with me. I forget that the God who's on the throne is greater and stronger and wiser than I am. And so in these moments where I am faced, just like right now, with some uncertainty, some fear, what is going to happen, it helps me to remember a few of the reasons why I can trust him. And I want to share a few of those with you now. So first, as Dave reminded us earlier, God is on his throne, and that means that God promises to be with us even when we feel lost, threatened, and hopeless. This incredible truth means that followers of Jesus are never alone, no matter how crazy things get. At least for me, there's something about uh, being in a situation and realizing that I have someone with me in the middle of that chaos and uncertainty that helps me feel safe, helps to get me through. And we don't just have someone with us. We have the God of the universe who promises never to leave us or forsake us. Yeah. Wow. God promises to be with us even when we feel lost, threatened, or hopeless. Secondly, we can trust God because he is the wisest being in the universe. The prophet Isaiah writes uh, that God's ways and God's thoughts are higher than our ways hmm. and our thoughts. 
God created you and me, and as our creator and as our father, he knows us even better than we know ourselves. Hmm. Proverbs 9.10 tells us, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the point of this verse isn't that we should be sitting here quaking in fear of God because he loves us, and we know that through his son, Jesus. But that true wisdom is found when we recognize that God knows best. And so we can trust God because he is the wisest being in the universe. Finally, we can trust God because even chaos, confusion, trouble, and evil do not ruin his plans for our lives. Hmm. Romans 8.28, which is a verse that's dear to so many followers of Jesus, tells us, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Hmm. God works all things out for the good of those who love him. Now, I can't always see how he's working these things out in the midst of hard times, but I know that even what is painful, even what is scary, even what is confusing can be used by God to accomplish his will for our lives. And I've seen God do that in my own life before, taking what I couldn't imagine would possibly be a good thing and using it to draw me closer to him. And as a pastor, and I'm sure this is true for you too, I've had the privilege of hearing stories from many of you about how God has done this in your lives as well. And sometimes we resist it. That's right. Right? And it's like, no, no, no. And yet it turns out for for the best for us. That's so good, Drew. Yeah. So we can trust God because even chaos, confusion, trouble, and evil do not ruin his plan for our lives. Even when times feel crazy, God is on his throne. Mm. Now, I listen to a few other churches' sermons from time to time, and I know my tendency is as I'm listening to the pastor, oftentimes I'm listening for that big idea, which Dave shared earlier, and uh, right away I make a judgment call. Do I think that's a good big idea? Do I like it? I don't know why I feel I'm qualified to make that snap decision after the pastor has studied for hours, but I do it. (laughs) And I also recognize in myself that inevitably when the pastor will get to a point a little bit later where they'll share maybe a list like I kind of just did of this is how it makes an impact, a difference in your life, I often do something like this. I think, oh, that's good. I can see where he or she's going there, but I'm ready to move on to the next thing. I've got it. And, and this morning, I just want to acknowledge that that's a possibility for, for all of us to just hear these things and think that sounds good, but to quickly move on. But in a time like this, these are truths that matter a ton. And so I just want to invite you right now, right where you are, to take a few deep breaths. Slow yourself down a little bit. Maybe even consider closing your eyes. And I'm going to take just a moment to read these truths over us. Give them one more listen and ask God's Spirit to help you believe them. Because God is on his throne, God is with us, even when we feel lost, threatened, or helpless. We can trust God because he is the wisest being in the universe. We can trust God because even chaos, confusion, trouble, and evil do not ruin his plans for our lives. God, help us to trust that you are who you say you are. Amen.